0: Welcome to Masterpiece Women. This is Tina Rains, and I'm the founder of Masterpiece Women, and I'm so excited to have you here today. We are a community of authentic women from all over the world, growing together personally, professionally, building businesses and ministries together. And today you're going to hear from a great speaker. So grab a cup of coffee or your favorite tea and sit back and grow with us. Thanks for being here, ladies. Welcome back, Masterpiece Women. This is Tina Rains, and I'm the founder of Masterpiece Women, and we're excited to have you. And today we have Hetty Brits. Now, Hetty Brits is not just an author and a speaker and a mom, and she has lots of books, and she has a leadership program and um, business and coaching She's also a dear friend of mine that I adore. She and I climbed Mount Kilimanjaro together. So that's actually where I met Hetty Britt. So welcome, Hetty, my girlfriend.
1: Thank you, Tina. I'm glad we don't need to do that ever again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, we do not. <laughs> Somebody asked me to do it again in October. I'm like, uh, no, I did it twice. You only did it once. I did it twice. That was more than enough.
1: <laughs> I believe you.
0: <laughs> so Hetty, um, I would love for you to start with just sharing your story. Like, who is Hetty Brits? How did you get to where you're at right now in the position? Like, what was that calling like for you? Just give them a little, I know there's a lot, of lot, we could go hours on that, but just give us a little summary of like, who is Hedy Britson? How did you come to where God has you today?
1: Okay, well, Tina, I'm a South African born. That's the reason for the accent. <laughs> and um, I was one of four kids. I'm in the middle. So you can do the math and figure out I'm one of twins if I'm in the middle of four. And um, grew up in a, in a lovely stable home. Very happy. Got married at age 20. And was a speech therapist there for a while really interested in um, disability so i worked with kids with adhd and autism and other challenges and then had my own kids and um when i was pregnant with our first baby god called us to the poor part of our town which didn't make sense to anybody But we went and I started an educational upliftment program there and started working with kids who were really challenged, um, whose circumstances were dire, lots of alcoholism, incest, all sorts of bad stuff. And I think that's where everything shifted for me from, you know, being a speech therapist to being a community worker and having a heart for families. And eventually that gave birth to a family program, but working with these really difficult kids, I got interested in personality types because I needed that key that would unlock individual hearts because if a child is so traumatized getting in there getting into their heart getting them to believe in their future and to work hard towards it that's a challenge unless you know exactly how to unlock it and at the same time I wasn't bonding with my firstborn at all and discovered that it's these opposite personalities this personality clash that made it so hard for me and my daughter to connect. So I I embarked on this journey, like where's the key? How do I unlock different people's hearts? How do I get them pumping? And, And that gave birth to a program called Tall Trees, eventually, first evergreen parenting and then the Tall Trees part where I studied and teach personality types. And that eventually got us a green card to the US, very short version of a long story. And we now live in East Tennessee, I'm a family ministry coordinator at my local church, and I still train other people in this model to help families and leaders know their uniqueness and live from that. So my, my kind of my slogan is know your design, live your purpose.
0: I love that. I love that. And you know what? It is so powerful. So ladies, those of you that were at our retreat this year, Hetty shared about personalized. It was so powerful because, I well, that makes sense of why I, I um, think the way I do. And it was so beautiful. And when you think about how unique you said that, how unique we are and how God creates us all so individually, and if we can understand ourselves a little bit better, if we can understand others a little bit better, mm-hmm. then we can relate to them and we can lead them better. And really understanding your team, understanding those you're serving provides just the, you know, step up of in leadership of being the best leader you can be, being able to serve them better, right? Because we want to serve them well. We want to love them well. and if you don't understand them, it's really hard. And I remember, thinking oh wow that matches this child and that matches my other child and I get it because you know some of your kids you may butt heads with a little bit and you're like but I love them all the same but yet there's this conflict sometimes or this you know misunderstanding or why is it that we have that and then you look at the way those those um, personality traits interact you're like Yep, I get it. I get it. So um, we're going to provide a link down below of our podcast for anybody that does have interest in learning a little bit more about their own personality traits so they can actually do your assessment. So I'm very thankful that um, you're doing that because I think it adds such great value to anyone, whether you're a leader, you're a home with mom your mom at home dealing with kids trying to understand why is it this one kid you know it's not that you love any of them differently right so i
1: love that you emphasize that Tina. you said we want to love them well and when people say oh i don't want to do a profile i don't want to put anybody in a box or i don't want to be labeled it's not the you know if i say you're a vegetarian what i'm doing is i'm telling somebody who's hosting you how to love you not cook you a steak so a a, a label can be used to limit people but it can also be used to give a heads up hey um this person is a diabetic okay i'm i'm going to be sensitive to that i'm going to accommodate that and and that's why we look at personality so that we can love well and know wow i'm not going to do this this is going to put you under pressure how do i motivate you How do I protect you? How do I warn you? How do I discipline you? If it's a parent-child relationship, how do I coach you? Uh, If it's a client that you're taking through coaching. So yes, absolutely. In a professional environment, in a personal environment, and even in the spiritual environment, you know, how we have different challenges because of our personality. We don't all go through the same things.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. And I do, you know, it's interesting. I was in a Bible study last night And we were actually having that exact discussion about um, one individual who was just sharing transparently that um, because of their personality, their spiritual walk has been affected greatly and they struggle with different things in their personality that cause them to feel very, you know, far from God, um, tend to cause him to, you know, not treat people people well sometimes and then he looks mm-hmm. at them and goes what what is that in me and so looking at the root of the cause right is always so so valuable mm-hmm. but then also looking at what those how it affects our personalities affect our spiritual walk is huge and I know you touch on that a lot I would love for you to just touch on that a little mm-hmm. bit and kind of help people have a perspective of how does our personality affect our spiritual walk mm-hmm.
1: you yeah, Tina once I Studied the personality types and had a little bit of an understanding of the dynamic. This became one of my pet peeves. It became kind of like the the bee in my bonnet that told me I need to get out there and get this into the professional arena because I saw really impressive leaders that I looked up to. I saw them fall spectacularly. Mm. And originally, you know, originally you're just disgusted. But after a while, I. Realize that I could fall in the same way if I didn't guard my back door so to speak because we each have a back door we have an area in which we are weak and vulnerable and when we are not vigilant that is exactly where the enemy will attack us and that's where our own weakness will lead us astray and when when we look at personality none of us are exactly a a fit but there are four types no matter what model you look at whether it's mbti or limit leadership or whatever system you look at ultimately at the root it starts with four and then it might diversify a little bit but it's kind of it's the number of humanities for <laughs> and um and i use four trees as the metaphors and there's the roses feisty you know flowers and thorns so i'm very productive i you know and i can the more you prune me the more i bloom kind of really the tough cookie And, um, but but the thorn says, you know, I can, I can be a little prickly. I can, I can be hurtful if I'm not careful, because I'm very truthful as kind of the rose. And we we see very strong outspoken leaders like that. And their challenge is often that pride that I'm stronger. I'm faster. I'm more powerful. I can at last outlast you any day of the week. And they easily put themselves on a pedestal and and, I, and people, or in awe of them so people don't correct them people don't pull them off the road and go hey i see a little something here that i'm concerned about um you're not really listening to people around you you're you're the self-made man or the self-made woman you know interdependence is a safer way to go nobody does that because they're so aggressive and people kind of stand back a little bit so these guys need to be broken in and we see that in rose bush person's life story they will say man i had a face plant somewhere along the road i i really you know i had to be sick and break my leg and be dependent or i had to um lose my job and not find a job for months to to figure out i'm not all that and we see that in the story of paul in the bible how he's so convinced he's he's got it all together and god strikes him with blindness and like puts him i mean that's a face plant story to get him to a place where he's useful God actually changes his name from Saul to Paul and Paul means little one. So it's as though God says, oh, you think you're a big shot? No, you're not. You're just a tiny little human being and you can be very dependent if, if I need you to be so that I can use you. So a lot of rose bushes go like, why do I go through such hard stuff? Well, you're going to go through it until your pride is broken and you become somebody who can listen to others and take guidance and you're not so often wrong but never in doubt
0: (laughs) exactly well you know and you you think about all the times in our lives and that makes so much sense of that desperation of the time where we've face planted where we've had this horrific experience in our life that that is a place that we get the closest to the lord that we draw near to like we're desperate for him we need him we are begging for his help we're you know in that desperation and i think about you know um and I, I happen to be a palm rose. I remember my break because I had that edge in me and I have to be careful of not being prickly and not being, um, you know, too action oriented, being too much of a Martha, not enough yeah. of a Mary and just sitting back and, you know, and not um, going ahead of God. There's so many things that were related that I was like that I get it. No wonder that's, Exactly, and you know when you are talking about the good and the bad on that side of it, some of the good was who I am as well, but a lot of the thorns in my side, <laughs> the things that I struggle of changing, um, tend to be my things in my personality that um, you have to learn to overcome those strong traits. And God wants to mold us and prune us all the time. So I'm I'm the that's rose fun. that's being pruned on a daily basis. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> and um, we're glad you also have the palm tree side, because uh, that's what's make the what makes you so enthusiastic and so inspirational and so warm and and so able to connect with a variety of people to uh, to operate in different cultures. Uh, that palm, you know, I chose the palm because when I think of a palm tree, I imagine so, you know something on the beach and. The hula girls have their dresses on and they are pink drinks with umbrellas in it and i don't know some music's playing or something but it's it's a happy place where everybody's together and everybody's welcome and accepted and celebrated and that's what the palm tree does um they don't criticize people they don't see the little things that bother them they they like everybody and they're able to relate to pretty much anybody but they also want to be liked and celebrated by everybody so they have a huge need for affirmation for applause for recognition and and that's where where they can step into a trap because they have that ability to unlock people's hearts but I mean if a married woman goes and unlocks all sorts of men's hearts we're gonna have a problem you know and and that's where these palm tree leaders often fall they're so warm they're so personable everybody feels like when they talk to them they're the only person on earth they get you know, all warm because this person is so interested in them and it creates a dangerous situation from time to time. And usually if a palm tree leader falls, it's either sex or it's money because it's that ability to make people happy and make them feel warm warm all over. That's both your gift and and the, the dangerous part of, of your personality and you know money can make all sorts of fun possible for yourself and for other people and the, the palm trees are just essentially a, a wired. think about coconut oil think about about uh, all the berries and the all dates my favorite things <laughs> you can smell it you can taste it you can have a great time you know and so all these essential things are are sometimes harder we see you know peter in the bible is a palm tree always talking always up front very aware that he's at least in in the top three you know of jesus's best friend list and it's pretty important to him but then when he gets tested on you know will i really stick with somebody through the hard stuff he goes like no i'm gonna go to the beach (laughs) you know yeah i'm paraphrasing here but it's kind of a oh i don't know if i want to do the hard stuff really i'm more built for when it's fun and when we're all important and when uh, we get to do the cool stuff but at the same time you see how how when jesus gives him that opportunity to say uh, let's patch this up jesus makes him fish and bread on the beach so he's he engages his smell and his taste and his happy place and that's where he meets him and says okay I'm just after your heart do you love me you know so the way God connects with the palm tree doesn't annihilate their personality it embraces it and then he gives him these cool opportunities to take the gospel to the Gentiles for the first time and uh, he can still do exciting new fun things and he 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 does miracles by just walking past people and his shadow falls on them I mean it's spectacularly fun and that's uh, just the way God even Um, He made us that way and he engages with us in that way, even though he has to break it in a little bit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting that you say that because um, the other day, you know, part of Masterpiece Women, we do these monthly luncheons and I love watching what happens at the luncheons and you're going to be our speaker this month. So I'm super excited about that. Thank you. During that morning, though, as we were preparing, we just had been blessed with doing it at this beautiful college at the uh, South Florida Bible College. The difference is though, we had to bring in the food and because our speaker was offer dolls, we brought in offer dolls, which basically they just delivered. So you you're doing everything else. So there was a lot of tedious work going on that had to happen. And I was complaining and complaining about Lord. And I was, I was complaining to him all morning, Lord, why do I have to do all of this? Like, that's not my gift. My gift's talking, my gift's speaking, my gift's this, my gift's that. And granted, there are times that you have to you know, you have to outsource things. And I, I, it was just one of those moments that it didn't work out that way. And I whined and complained to the Lord for a couple of hours. And I had my happy face on to everybody else as I'm doing these tables. And one of the girls walks up to me at, at the event and shares with me, Tina, I've been praying for an event like this for a very long time. Thank you for doing this. And the Lord just like, okay. You want to keep whining? (laughs) And I was like, and I just said to her, I said, you know what? I have to repent. I was so negative earlier. And I know God's called us to do this. And yet I was so into the details. I wasn't into what the Lord was doing in the moment. And I, I have to repent. And if it's just for you being here today, that we did all this, it was worth it. And of course it meant the world to her, but it meant the world to me to have that opportunity to say, Lord, I am so sorry that I get in that place of, oh, like, you know, I don't want to do this mundane stuff. It's, you know, not that it's above me, but you know, I mean. The tasks they're, they're, they're not my gifting. And so it, it's, they're harder for me to do things like that than it is for me to do other things that I enjoy doing. Right. So it was just yeah. that heart. It was more about the heart though. It wasn't about the task. And I reflect on that, I th- you know, yes, I would much rather do the fun stuff. And when I have to do that stuff, that's not fun. And that is a lot to do with my personality trait. But then it was so incredible because God, then God showed up and showed off and did all kinds of other like divine things that connections and all types of things. It was like, um, maybe you won't whine so much next time. Now we do have a beautiful caterer as a sponsor starting this month because we recognize it was too much work, but I feel like he even allowed that so that I could just see that, you know?
1: I agree you know and, and that's when we realize we have to build our team differently because you were frustrated enough to realize I I need I have no business doing these things because it makes me bitter and I don't need to be bitter I need to be um, in a in a joyful and grateful state of mind so we we have to have these boxwoods and pine trees who are not the upfront people I mean I the roses and the Palms are clearly the extroverts, and they're the obvious leaders in a way. But you needed a leader of details, and, and that would be the boxwood tree. And the boxwood, you know how perfectly pruned they are. And you can shape them any shape you like. These are the people that you can really mold. You tell them how to do things, and they do it exactly that way. And they they are just, they like the boundaries. They like the rules. You know, you sometimes see boxwood hedges that have these perfectly 90-degree Corners um, on the edges of you know fancy people's gardens. I saw a lot of that when when I was in Florida, actually in Palm Beach. Lots of boxwoods, some some of them like eight feet high hedges, beautiful. And you can you can perfectly prune them. And these are these perfectionists who can just who can just nail it and get it right. And but they're also on their own journey because they are also justice-loving. They're like Moses. They bring the law and they say, this is the way it's going to be, you know? And when the people misbehave, they want to break the tablets, <laughs> throw something down because they need everybody to please do everything right. And they can get very upset when things don't exactly go their way and there's a like a fragility to their mood. And I, I would know because I have a lot of boxwood. And and when things don't go according to this very finely stacked card, house of cards that you constructed for this is today's plan, you know. And somebody pulls it, something out at the bottom and moves an appointment, or doesn't show up in time. You know, it all comes crashing down along with your joy, and that's the challenge for the boxwood. And, and we see that in Moses all the time. There, a little bit of insecurity. I don't know if I can speak. I don't know. You know, I'm going to need a sign. I'm going to need something to prove that I'm the leader. This is going to be hard. So sometimes the boxwood is not super comfortable in the leadership position. But at the same time when the leader doesn't do it the way they want to do it they can grumble quite quite a bit but they bring they bring that order and they bring that sense of of what is right i mean we talked about these these climbs we did together against human trafficking and i saw in this project a lot of boxwoods who just say listen i cannot stand by that the wrong of the world just goes unpunished and unchecked i'm going to do something for justice so we see boxwoods do that a lot and and um, But they usually go through something where they can't get justice, where they have to say, I'm going to let the law go for a bit and I'm going to learn to embrace grace and I'm going to learn to live in that uncomfortable space where some people get away with wrong and I don't get to hold them accountable and I need to just give them to the Lord and say, Lord, whatever you decide to do, forgive, punish, whatever you decide, I'm good with it. I'm not holding on to it anymore. And I'm not going to try and shake them down for some sort of uh, justice because justice doesn't ever heal anybody. Only grace does. But that's hard. I mean, even saying that as a boxer, that's hard to really embrace and believe and enter into. But that's their journey, really.
0: You know, it's interesting that you say that because the Lord had someone literally, they came to me and said, the Lord wants me to help you. And um, she's like working as my assistant and she's absolutely incredible. And she is a boxwood. She is so, so good. And yet she definitely has a justice personality. She definitely, you know, wants it a certain way and it's been beautiful because, you know, as God puts us together, He's pruning both of us because, you know, my <laughs> personality is like, oh, let's do this and da-da-da-da. And, you know, um, but I also have that, you know, okay, I've already got it figured out. Well, she has a w- way she thinks, and it's been so great to watch how God has just given us this love for one another and even the difference in the personalities that challenge each other i mean we challenge each other on you know neither one of us say oh okay fine you know obviously when people have great ideas especially when they're you know working and serving with you i i tell her yeah do it that way great but so many people i've met will just say oh well however you want to do it tina whatever you know they're they just don't have the backbone and yet i see her she's very you know willing and wants to serve but she's very much okay has to be this way. I need the boxes all checked and don't skip a box. And, you know, and so it challenges me to be better at that. And then I challenge her to have grace with me when I don't check my boxes. So it's awesome to talk, you know, to see, even as you're speaking, like, I see it, I see it. It's just so valuable to understand the people that you're working with. Yeah.
1: I, I find that I can hurt a box with in, in the way I work when I'm so driven, but it was a boxwood who figuratively speaking, one day put her finger in my eye and said, you know what, you're not a Christian when you're in a hurry. And oh, so she called out my rosebush like on the spot. And, and it was a moment of truth there that I often put the task above people and she saw it and she saw the hurt that came from that. And she said, I needed to stop. And I I hope I did. I'm trying to. and and But I, it made me aware of this angle of my personality that's really not pleasant. And um, so I, I need strong boxwoods in my office so that, so that they can push back. Sounds like you found one. Good for you.
0: I have a strong boxwood. She's probably a awesome. rose boxwood.
1: Oh, they are the best. <laughs> they are the best. So um, there's uh, there's another introverted personality and I call them the pine tree because like when you step into a pine tree forest and you inhale that pine tree fragrance, there, you can't help it. There's this peace that comes over you and you realize, oh, I need to take a break. I probably need to sit down a little bit and just breathe. And I mean, the needles, the pine needles on the forest floor just absorb all of the sound and it's just silent in there. And that's how these people are. They have a quietness about them. They can bring you know, the temperature all the way down and there's a big fight they have the peacemakers. They're also like the Christmas tree that can bring everybody together. Mm. They, they can smooth over the differences and find the core that holds together. And they like Abram in the Bible, You know, like whenever we encounter Abram, he's not doing something. He's sitting in front of his tent. Whenever God shows up, he's sitting in front of his tent. Well, that's kind of how, how I read it. So he's not out there trying to conquer the world. He's at home trying to find purpose. And, and it's all when, when him and God get together, it's all about family. And it's all about the future. And it's all about legacy. And these pine trees kind of have this bird's eye view. Like imagine this singular pine tree on the tip of a mountain. And it can see everything that's going on in the valley. So often these pine tree leaders, because they can be leaders, make no mistake. Sometimes these findry leaders look at everybody else running the rat, rat race, calling out to them, hey, why did you get involved? Hey, hey, you're going to have fun. Hey, why did you say anything? Like, join us. We're running around. And the findry goes, like, no, you're running around. I, I'm seriously not interested in this. You've come around 27 times. Why would I join this pointless thing? Like, I can absolutely see what it's really about. But we, we don't always respect them enough because they don't advertise themselves. Now, like where I sit here in this room, I can't see anything made out of pine or maybe the chair I'm sitting on. But then there's pine in the floor, there's pine in the walls, there's pine holding my roof up. Pine trees are the backbone that keep everything from falling apart because they serve behind the scenes, they support, um, they listen, and but but we don't always recognize them. Um, but like with with Abraham, their challenge is, that they wanna stay in that safe space. They would rather be on the sidelines watching than get involved. They don't wanna take the risks. We know how, how Abraham lied about his wife because he was so scared that he would be killed for, for this beautiful woman. And said, just let, let's just tell them we're, you know, you're my sister, just to, to stay out of trouble. So they will often compromise for the sake of peace. And we know how he compromised with Hagar and how, Ishmael was born and we've never had a moment of peace in the Middle East since, you know? So all the conflict avoidance can actually create long-term issues. So their challenge is to be able to speak up and stand up and make difficult decisions, take some risks and leave their comfort zone. And that's not easy. And sometimes it comes uh, through really hard things that happen in their lives where they have to kind of uproot from that one place where they felt so safe. And all of that foundation that was their securities is falling away. And I need to get anchored in God um, the same way as, as Abraham was.
0: Mm, I love that. Yeah. I can think of several people as you're saying that and their leadership styles and how solid as a rock they are. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, you, you look at all these different personality traits and you, you look at your own personality traits. And um, the one thing I would say that is often a struggle for people, and I'd love to get a little bit of insight from you of how you, how you talk to people about addressing this is feeling comfortable with their personality trait and not looking at the other personality traits and feeling less them because not one is any better than the other, they're just different
1: yeah do you know what I think it comes from from our upbringing a lot of the time we are born in a family where pretty much everybody is a combination of let's say a pine tree so everybody's like quiet and sweet and they don't stir and then you could pop out and you the palm rose <laughs> so you get all of these error messages back from people around you oh you're very loud and now if you were born in a house full of palm roses nobody would have thought twice about it, you never would have gotten that message. But we get that message when we are in a family where people are different from us. And that's where it starts. Then from there, we go to school. And in school, I mean, the task of education is to kind of give you a a well-rounded background. So we try to make you good at everything and we, we kind of force you to participate in everything. And inevitably, you're gonna run into something you're not great at. But the message message is you need to be kind of good at everything. So you get the why are you not, not like us message at, at home sometimes, and then you get the why are you not good at everything message at school. And the combination of that puts us in a space where we're constantly competing and comparing and trying to see where we can keep up. Because uniqueness is uncomfortable. I mean, if we're going to admit everybody's different, then parents have to discipline everybody different. Uh, differently they need to celebrate birthdays differently with everybody they need to switch up how they do vacations it's just a lot of effort so people it's just convenient if everybody just thinks the same and behaves the same so our culture also does that and our culture comes and says we prefer this kind of a person and when you travel to different countries you see different preferences for personality type and different things are lauded and applauded Depending on where you go. So that also plays a part. Um, I think the challenge, and I, I said this to a young lady yesterday who was just falling apart because she's always struggled to read. She has dyslexia and she's had other things and she's trying to get into college. And it's just such a struggle. And I look at her and I think, why do you even need to get into college? I can see all your gifts that are so useful. That will not require a college education, girl. It, God did not give you the ability to read. There's a clue there. It's not a disaster. It's a clue. You don't need to do it, honey. There's something else for you. That's how I read it. But I, I see it's difficult for people to believe that they have been equipped with everything they need for their purpose. They somehow think this package that they received, is, is, is a de- there's a defect in there. Yeah. And somehow they need to go outside of themselves to find that one thing that's going to lead them. No, know your design, live your purpose, because your design is full of clues as to what you've been equipped for. And yes, you're not going to be everything to all people. You can need other people in there. You're going to do this humbly, but you're going to find that spot where, you, where it just clicks and you realize, oh, my goodness, I have what it takes for this. This is what I do. This comes naturally to me. And I, I truly, truly believe that I see the joy and the life-giving that comes out of it when when people finally believe God has given me everything I need for life and godly living.
0: It's- Amen, girl. Truth. Yeah. Amen. You know, just as our, our whole, um, our scripture in 210, right? Ephesians 210, you're a masterpiece. You know, people oftentimes don't see how the lord created us just the way he designed us and then mm-hmm. you think about that brush and that he's the artist you know he drew us just the way we are and it was for a purpose and for a plan it wasn't for us to sit and go well what's wrong with me it's that's that's how he created us. And not that we don't all have room to grow. We all have room to grow. We all have room. There's areas he wants to reveal. And he does it every day to me, like, Tina, um, catch yourself there. You know, how is your thinking? Don't have that sinking thinking, but Mm -hmm. he created me just the way I am. And embracing that gives you such freedom because you give yourself more grace because the reality, I don't know about you, Hetty, but for me and countless women that I've spoken to over the years, we're our worst critics. We criticize ourselves. And that's really the enemy coming in constantly jabbering in our brain saying, you're not good enough. You're not valuable. You're not lovable. You're not enough. And God says, no, you are enough. You are valuable. He says all those things in his word. And even that, you know, we were talking about last night was um, how do we counteract that? And that's really flipping that from no, when you have that thought, holding that that thought captive and replacing it with what does God say about me? Because that's the truth. And his design for me is beautiful. And his design of me is beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I do have everything I need to do what he's called me to do, and he will continue to mold me, continue to grow me, continue to develop me in many areas. However, he's created me perfectly in his image. And so um, we discount how magnificent our Lord is, how sovereign he is, how powerful he is, and it's almost as if at times we make ourselves the the god when you think about it when we think about ourselves in these negative manners we're not giving him the glory for what he's really done and it, we actually take away from the power that he has, you know, just, we just kind of like, oh, he made a mistake with me. Well, no, God doesn't make mistakes. He's, he's omnipotent. He's powerful. So, um, reminding ourselves of that reminding ourselves of the truth on a daily, sometimes moment by moment basis, when the enemy puts that lie in our head saying, we're not good enough saying that our, you know, especially if we have a strong personality that tends to offend the rose bushes, you know, oftentimes I see them being a place of where a place of just hurt. And it's because they've, they've actually offended someone or annoyed someone because they're so strong, strong strong-willed. And it breaks their heart because that's not really their heart to offend people, but they tend to offend people. And I have a couple of friends like that and they've got the most beautiful heart, but yet they sometimes can be the most offensive people to deal with. And you have to deal with them a certain way because otherwise you stay in a place of offense and you have to go, okay, that's just, that's just the way they are, you know? Um, So it's so valuable.
1: I think every one of us, um has a place of vulnerability because we don't see our i want to say uh, we don't see our back door we don't see that part that's in our blind spot and that's where we need friends that's why there is a community like masterpiece women where we can get to know each other build relationship and have the mandate to say hey sweetheart here's here's what i see happening with you um, let's work on that and and I'll, I'll give you a little sign when I see you doing that thing that you do, because I know it's not your heart. And whether it's talking negatively with a boxwits or whether it's resisting responsibility like the pine or whether it's dodging commitments like the palm, you know, or as you said, whether it's being a little prickly as a rose, we can hold a gentle mirror up to each other and go, oh, sweetie, you're doing that again. I, I know you didn't mean to. Uh, and, and do the same for me. Let me Absolutely. know when I'm doing that thing I do.
0: Absolutely. Well, I love it. I remember one day you and I were having a conversation about something and you're like, Tina, no, we're not going to do it that way. <laughs> <We're not doing laughs> I don't even remember
1: that, but I do believe you.
0: <laughs> and I just went, oh, you're like, no, Tina, you can't, you can't do that. And I'm like, oh, okay. And it was, I was going to take on another task or something, which is my bubble. And you're like, oh. No you don't need one more thing. And I, it was just kind of funny because I laughed because I'm like, I'm so glad that I have friends in my life that'll just speak truth and not go, yeah, whatever you want to do, Tina. You know, I value that so much. And that's really what Masterpiece Women has. You know, one of our key pillars is authentic community, authentic relationships, because we want to be raw. We want to be vulnerable. We want to be transparent because then we grow And we want to build relationships with women that we feel comfortable. One of my, you know, newer friends, I've only known her for maybe a year or two now, is very much a rose. And when I first met her, to be honest with you, I kind of avoided her a little bit because she was difficult to deal with in my mind, like, because that was the first thing I saw, but I didn't stop and really look at who she was. And she's very driven and there's just all, all kinds of really great qualities about her. And she's a phenomenal leader. However, personally, because of my personality, I tend to avoid real close relationships with people of that personality because it's just, I don't necessarily feel like we click that well, right? So that that was just a, you know, a personal thing. Well, when I actually took a moment to get to know her heart. And I took a moment to really, you know, dive in with her and understand who she was and her personality. Wow. I'm so, so blessed and so thankful that I have her as a friend and Mm. I can speak truth into her because she trusts me and knows that I would never do anything to hurt her. Like that's not my heart towards her. Like I dearly love her. And so she feels safe with me to be able to speak into her when she does, you know, um, approach things from that manner and vice versa, you know, she, she has a freedom to speak into me as to my life as well very authentically very, you know truthfully, and I don't take offense and so. It's very powerful when you develop those kinds of relationships. And I know that I actually, my mom and I have kind of laughed and joked about we're gonna get a shirt that says unoffendable, because you know, when you when you aren't looking for offense and when you really are in a place of, you know what, what is a value in that person and not, you know, landing on the offensive and not landing on the weakness that someone might have, but landing on who they really are you don't get offended because you just, you learn to love them well, which it all goes back to, which is where we started, right? You want to learn to love people well, and we can't love people well if we don't understand them or understand ourselves and why things may trigger us because of our personalities. And, you know, of course there's also, you know, our past and all that that we have to deal with too, but our personalities are so, so much a part of that whole relationship building and, Our, you know, our spouses, you know, it was very, it's very valuable for me to understand what triggers my spouse, his personalities and, you know, having just been married the last four years, like understanding him was very, very valuable to me. And I've, I've really grown to, you know, I've studied him. I've literally studied his personality so that I can love him better so that we don't have conflict as much, because I understand what in his personality tends to not necessarily mesh with my personality, doesn't mean he's wrong, doesn't mean he's bad, it just means we're very different, and God created us that way, and so we have to really pay attention to those things in our relationships, and as leaders in an organization, 90% of the people I've ever talked to in leadership that, you know, I've mentored, or that I've coached, or that I've done consulting with, they all the greatest complaint, because I was in HR area for so many years, was I'm not heard. They don't know who I am.
1: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think of that, that second part of the scripture that says that God is good works prepared for us to walk in them. And, and I think this is why I fight for people to know who they are because there are some really powerful things waiting for each of us to do. But if we don't know who we are, we don't find them because we try and walk on somebody else's tracks and we walk into what's prepared for them, like that food you tried to serve the previous time. I mean, you were walking into somebody else's good works. It wasn't yours. And, And you could feel there was no joy in it, but there are amazing things waiting for you when you can stop trying to be everything and you can just walk into what is prepared for you to do. And um, yeah, I, I hope that when we, we have this talk, cause it's all gonna be about finding your authentic self under all of the dust um, at our next luncheon that people will leave knowing, I know, I know where to walk. I know what's the good work prepared for me and I'm, I'm ready.
0: I love that. Well, you know, typically I ask our speakers on the podcast to share one great tip that they had. And you've shared so much. And that was like the perfect segue, the perfect um, ending of the most valuable piece to be offered to to the women is just know who you are. Know who you are. It's so, so valuable. So Hetty, thank you for being with us today and for just your heart for Masterpiece Women, your heart for families and children and women I know you're passionate about women but you take care of the whole family not just the not just the women so thank you for your heart and how you serve I've you know watched you over the last decade just pour yourself out in so many different ways you're so creative you're such a great leader and I um I just I love you girl I think you're amazing so thank you for being a part of today
1: Thank you so much. And I look forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks. Yeah,
0: we'll see you in a few weeks. So ladies, if you haven't uh, registered for our luncheon this May, that is Hetty Brits. She is our speaker May 19th. So definitely join us. Also, if you haven't joined our membership, you definitely want to look at it. We are giving six—excuse uh, me, 60 days, not 60 days, 30 days free on our Masterpiece membership program, the community, and you can hop on there with us and grow. We have things to grow in leadership. We have things to help you build your business. We have specific programs to build an online business. So trying to give women all the tools they need to grow in community together as the leaders that God's called us to do and the masterpieces that you are. So thank you, women, ladies. I will see you on the next episode.